Hello, I'm Kim Katola, host of Cradle My Heart Radio. Our mission is preventing abortion and helping those it hurts. And our vision is to bring abortion recovery to the church, reaching out to equip and encourage pastors, elders, ministry leaders, and others so they can minister God's love to the millions of Christians personally impacted by this moral crisis of our time. Saving lives and healing hearts, this is Cradle My Heart Radio. Find us online at cradlemyheart.org. Where can you find God's voice in the noise on reproductive choice? For over a million women and men each year, the question goes beyond politics to become much more pressing and personal, both before and after the choice. And we are called to love the little children just as God does. Listen to Cradle My Heart Radio with your host, Kim Katola, speaker, writer, and broadcaster, sharing God's truth to prevent abortion and help those it hurts. Learn more at cradlemyheart.org. Thank you so much for being with us today. I am going to press you into service immediately, asking you to discern as you listen to this clip whether or not this is satire or reality. This is a historic moment. Abortion rights are under attack in America. And it's important for all of us to raise our voices. Because abortion rights are pro-choice men's rights. I deserve to be free from any responsibility for some girl I get pregnant. I deserve to enjoy sex without commitment, marriage, or parenthood. It's ridiculous to think that just because I'm the father, I'm expected to be a dad. It's her body, and it's her choice. So don't be asking me for anything. And look, I'm a caring guy. If I get a girl pregnant and then abandon her, I don't want to leave her alone with the kid, especially if she might chase me down for child support. I deserve not to be shackled by kids to a woman my age, so when she gets older, I can upgrade to a younger model. Guys, we're forgetting that abortion is mainly about a man's sexual freedom. A woman's sex drive is far more tied to commitment and procreation than a man's. That's why women's sexuality scares me. Women need to submit to a pro-choice man's view of sex. We need to make women understand that when they become pregnant, they're not really women anymore. I'm not really interested in mothers, except my own, because she pays all my bills. Without abortion, I would have had to get a job. Abortion has allowed my girlfriend to chase her dreams of working 60 hours a week to pay for our bills, while I stay home and chase my dream of becoming a professional gamer, comedian, and social media influencer. Why does she need me to take care of her and the kid anyway? It's the government's job to do that. The role of the government is to make my irresponsible lifestyle sustainable. Abortions keep my girl's body looking right. Stretch marks? Yeah. If I had to take care of a kid, I never would have been able to get my Tesla. My Tesla is my baby. The other side will point out that abortion kills a human being. But my right to impregnate a woman and then leave her in the dust outweighs the baby's right to life. Women need the right to abortion because men deserve it. I deserve a woman's right to abortion. I deserve a woman's right to abortion. I deserve a woman's right to abortion. Abortion is not really about what women want, and it never has been. Abortion is about men, pro-choice men. So ladies, thanks for marching, because you're not really marching for yourselves. You're marching for us. Thanks for being obedient and submissive to what we want. Abortion rights are pro-choice men's rights. Abortion rights are pro-choice men's rights. Abortion rights are pro-choice men's rights. Abortion rights are pro-choice men's rights.
At one time, I even drove my girl down to the clinic for her abortion. Because I'm a gentleman. And I make sacrifices like that for women. Oh, my goodness. It was really hard to restrain my laughter. Rueful laughter through that clip, which was produced by Live Action, which many of you are aware of as one of the leading pro-life organizations really in the country, uh, Lila Rose's organization. And the the production was even longer than the clip that you just heard, but I mean, I think it was really sufficient um, hearing from the bro-choicers there. They produced the satire in an answer to a commentary uh, produced for WBUR Radio, and uh, that was written by one Calvin Schroff, Caven, sorry, Caven Schroff, and he wrote basically the same piece, but with a straight face. And his commentary for WBUR said, in part, this he opens by saying, "This May." I'll graduate from law school and start my career as a public interest lawyer, a dream come true. At 28, after 30, or excuse me, 10 years of college and multiple graduate schools, in many ways, it feels like my life is just about to begin. It would be a terrible time to have a baby. Don't get me wrong. I've always wanted to have kids. I love the relationship I have with my parents and can't imagine not getting to experience fatherhood, and I think I'd be good at it. That said, I'm not in a relationship I haven't built a nest egg, and frankly, after two years of a global pandemic, this was written in December of last year, I want to eke out and enjoy every last minute of my 20s. In too many ways, I'm unsettled. We often talk about the ways access to birth control and safe abortion empowers women, and it does. It's a basic human right, in my view, he says, but on a human and policy level, it's infuriating to watch a partisan Supreme Court erode and threaten to eliminate that right. Women's bodily autonomy should not be up for debate. But men like me also have long been the direct beneficiaries of self, safe abortion access. Now, there is an honest, there is an honest, candid glimpse into the heart of a coward. This is my commentary. Men like me have also long been the direct beneficiaries of safe abortion access. Giving women, he writes, the choice not to carry unwanted pregnancies often means we, too, can delay parenthood until we are ready. Really, I mean, I really uh, want you to ponder this mindset from a man who would insist that a woman having the right to destroy unborn life benefits him, and he would baldly say so uh, as a way to defend male engagement in the pro-choice movement. He, sa- he went on to say too often male engagement has been articulated solely through the lens of female empowerment or trite narrative, fathers talking about their daughters, etc. Of course, men should serve as allies in defending women's bodily autonomy, Again, control over one person's, uh, one's person is a basic human right. And he says his goal is not to equate or even compare men's relationship with safe abortion policy to that of women, but in viewing women as the only beneficiaries of safe abortion access, many men conveniently sidestep defending a policy they have long taken for granted. Well, I mean, finally someone said it. 
again, this I, I think that his attitude is um, whatever the opposite of toxic masculinity is. <laughs> it, it, this is some kind of toxic um, unmasculinity. But to say that you could go and father children and be the beneficiary of a law that allows a woman to destroy that child and and posit that as some sort of a net good. He, he said, as a direct quote, I'm scared of what eliminating access to abortion would mean for my own life, right? That I might have to stand up and admit that I have responsibility for another person and two persons, not only this woman I've impregnated, but the child that I've created by doing so. Kaven Schroff totally represents a viewpoint out there that has been overlooked, in my opinion, for the last 50 years, however long abortion has been legal. We have overlooked that abortion liberates men from their responsibility to the women that they impregnate and the children that they create. And I think that, you know, as we find ourselves in this moment of now abortion being uh, legal state by state or not state by state, it's it's ever increasingly clearer that this is an issue of the heart and that we have to win as God's chosen people, as his ambassadors, as those who carry the truth in our minds and in our hearts. We have to speak out and speak up and help men understand what it is that God would have them do and who he would have them be. You know, in in creating this answer to bro choice and directly to this cave and shroff, uh, Live Action made this video December of 2021. And uh, in an article on their website at liveaction.org, Bettina DeFiori wrote, too often we leave men out of the abortion discussion, but they can be a highly influential variable affecting the mother's ultimate decision to either keep or abort her child. This is so true. We know this from research that he is the ultimate influence. He is the one who will decide whether or not she is going to go forward with a pregnancy or whether she is going to end it through abortion. And as Bettina notes in the live action article, abortions often happen to protect men's interests. So the other uh, pro-choice men is uh, their satirical answer to Kaven Schroff. And he dances around the truth, they rightly say. So their answer in the satirical cut that we, we just that you just heard to open the program uh, goes point by point to cut to the heart of the objections that bro-choice men make, bro-choice men like Kaven Schroff. All right, so the pro-choice man says, right, at 28, after 10 years of college, my life is just about to begin. Uh, The pro-choice man translates as, abortion has allowed me to stay home and chase my dream of becoming a professional gamer, comedian, and social media influencer. Now, he says he wants to be a public interest lawyer, which is, you know, a lot loftier than being a professional gamer. But what is the price that will be paid to attain either career? You know, the latter of being a professional gamer, of course, meant to be tongue in cheek. But the underlying message is the same. 
which is, I am too self-centered to consider taking on any adult responsibilities. Because this man is thinking only of his own life and future, not the life of his child, which literally is just beginning. (laughs) Literally is just beginning. And as a person... Um, whom you, if you've listened to any uh, any number of these broadcasts, you've heard me probably say that you know, I had an abortion at age 23 when I felt my life was just beginning. In fact, it was a relaunch after having quit college and been aimless, and then went to vocational school and got my first job, and then got pregnant, unmarried. And when my fiance said no, he wouldn't support a pregnancy pregnancy or marry me. You know, I I was unwilling to take on that adult responsibility because I felt like I was just becoming an adult. And that my, that was true. It absolutely was true that I didn't have the maturity to become a parent. However, when the answer is held out to me that, well, you can just have this abortion and it'll be as if the pregnancy never happened, I didn't allow my thinking to go any further than that. I did not allow for the other person involved in the pregnancy, that is to say, my child. And I so admire the young women who in their teens will recognize this is my child. They take their thinking into the complete reality that the pregnancy equals a child, my child, And then they make their decision based on that reality. I instead got trapped into the unreality of believing that something could make you unpregnant and therefore uh, the the whole experience could be just sort of erased. He says, Kevin Schroff says, the pro choice, the bro choice man says, I'm not in a relationship. What does this mean? That he's just impregnating strangers, that he's impregnating, that he's hooking up. What does that mean? I'm not in a relationship, but I sure want to protect my ability to not become a father. The translation is, I deserve to enjoy sex without commitment, marriage, or parenthood. That's one of one of the guys in the satire video says. You know, it's kind of bracing to to hear it put that way, but we as God's people who know God's plan for sexuality and for marriage and for procreation ought to be completely scandalized by this prevailing amoral view of sex in our culture that men and women deserve to enjoy sex without commitment, marriage, or parenthood. That is the mindset that we are battling, again, as God's people and as his spokespeople, that no, you do not deserve to enjoy sex without consequence. That's that's against the natural law. Having sex could always result in a pregnancy. Well, I mean, I mean, okay, not scientifically based on the woman's cycle, but what I'm saying is, if you are having sex, you need to be open to the possibility of parenthood. Period. Whether or not you're in a relationship, uh, one of the next statements uh, that. Schroff makes to defend his need for a legal abortion is, I haven't built a nest egg. And so the bro-choice guy satirically translates it to, if I had to take care of kid, I'd never have been able to get my Tesla. My Tesla is my baby. That was one of my favorites. The underlying message is, 
Don't ask me to make any personal financial sacrifices, even as a consequence of my own actions. And, you know, I think this is an interesting point because men who do not wish to become fathers, but be, but their partners decide to have a child once they become pregnant, will be forced by the state to financially support that child for 18 years, Right. And how can how can we say as a society that it is just to allow a woman to opt out of parenthood and that 18-year responsibility, but that at no point along the continuum, once the child is born, is it morally permissible for a man to opt out of his responsibility? It's, again, this magical thinking that it's not a baby until it's born, and then the state has to bring down the force of whatever it takes to collect the money from him. I have to say, you know, it's not all that crazy for a man to think that, look, I I need abortion to protect my financial interests because that's really his only exercise of any legal right in the equation. Schroff, as the bro-choice man, says, frankly, I want to eke out and enjoy every last minute of my 20s. And then the satirical guy says, it's ridiculous to think just because I'm the father, I'm expected to be a dad. I mean, we have known, you maybe have known men who have expressed such sentiments. I know that in pro-life pregnancy work, the client advocates will tell you about some of the, you know, statements that follow along that line of reasoning that young men will say. And it's simply, again, because our culture has told them that they don't have to accept responsibility, when, even if for something they are ultimately responsible for. Schroff says in his commentary, if a sex partner still got pregnant, though entirely her decision, I assume we would both want the same thing, i.e. an abortion. The pro-choice guy says, it's her body and her choice, so don't be asking me for anything. You know, I have heard from women whose partners abandoned them to abortion or chose abortion for them, uh, that this is one of the most hurtful aspects of that unwelcome abortion for her, is that, you know, don't be asking me for anything. It's your choice, translates to, uh, this has nothing to do with me. And, you know, there are many people who will object to what I'm about to say, but I, I think it's absolutely true, and it's borne out, again, by the testimonies of women that I've talked with through the years, over the last 20 years, hundreds of women, as we've told their stories on various broadcasts that I've hosted and in conference ministry and in the in the post-abortion Bible studies that pregnancy centers offer. When a man says, it's your choice, that is a, it's a subtle pressure on her to do what she thinks he wants her to do. Think about the the vast difference between hearing from your lover, I will do whatever it takes to protect our child and you, versus this is your choice. Which one sounds like pressure to do something to please him versus him stepping up to be there for you? I think it's very ironic that that pressure is something that women do feel as a result of men sometimes trying to be 
um, what our culture has said that they need to be, simply supportive of her, whatever she chooses. You know, and here's the thing. Maybe she can't in any way conceptualize choosing motherhood because of the circumstances that the couple finds themselves in. Maybe she can't see a vision of anything beyond the fear that she feels that maybe this pregnancy means the end of her life as she has known it. It sounds very dramatic, but a lot of women will express that. There go my dreams. I was going to be a fill in the blank. And now, you know, if I have to become a mother, I can never have my dream, which as we've noted many times on this program is not necessarily true. All you have to do is look at, you know, uh, performers, professional athletes, Olympians, all kinds of women who are combining motherhood with their other dreams, right? Uh, Motherhood is not the end of womanhood. Motherhood is not the end of everything that a woman has accomplished in her life. Uh, It takes support. It takes planning. It takes courage. But, you know, fear is the big driver of this idea that your life will be over if you are if you become you know a parent to the child that you're carrying in a pregnancy. So I I, I really think that they've captured the spirit of this when the bro choice guy says it's her body and her choice. So don't be asking me for anything. And look, I'm a caring guy. If I get a girl pregnant and then abandon her, I don't want to leave her alone with a kid, especially if she might chase me down for child support. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, my goodness. It's so sad that there are actually men who think this way and who are allowed to behave this way with no, really no reprisal from anybody. No one, no one would misjudge him or no one would, I should say, no one would judge him a complete cad. Do we even use that word anymore? Is it even possible for a man to be a cad in our culture? I mean, back in the day, the cad was just a selfish guy. He was just like a user and selfish. And he didn't care at all about the people that he hurt in his selfish using of others. And that's exactly what this mindset is portraying here. Let's continue. Schroff says, I viewed accessible abortion as something my partners and I could reasonably rely on as a last resort. That security has informed my approach to sexual exploration and relationships. Well, isn't that the truth, right? Uh, she's using birth control or I'm using birth control. And if that fails us, we can always go and get an abortion as birth control. I mean, this is the mindset, right? Rather than thinking, wait a minute, pregnancy could result. What would we really do? We might end up having to take the life of a child. That's not a risk I'm willing to take. That's That's the thinking that men ought to be engaging in, in their 20s as they're approaching these decisions. The bro-choice translation of what this guy has actually said is, I deserve to be free from any responsibility for some girl I get pregnant. You know, I think it was um, Pope John Paul in his Humanae Vitae, um, which was a document that he wrote about sexuality and human life and the sanctity of human life. And I'm, I believe that this is uh, where the quote began, but uh, where, where it uh, was generated, but I think he said the opposite of love is not hatred, nor even indifference. The opposite of love is using someone. And we know that this can be the case, especially if you're talking about hookup culture. What else is that other than both parties 
using one another. It has nothing to do with caring for one another, putting someone's interests before your own, you know, and, and in orientation, their first week at college, every freshman woman and man as a student at university has to go through some sort of uh, safe sex orientation on most campuses. And what are they told? That it must be consensual and you should use protection. Those are the parameters, you, you know. So, and then they teach them how to be, how to be sure that it's consensual. You know, may I touch you? May I kiss you? May I? And down the line with getting permission for each next step into the inevitable. This is what, you know, parents' tuition money is paying for, for young people to be trained that as long as someone says yes and you take some measure to prevent a pregnancy, that there's that it's absolutely moral, fine, great, and good. Um the final, the final th- that I think is so telling is when the actual pro-choice man, Kevin Schroff, says, I admit I'm scared of what eliminating access to abortion would mean for my own life. The pro-choice translation comes, the other side will point out that abortion kills a human being, but my right to impregnate a woman and then leave her in the dust outweighs the baby's right to life. And if that isn't the moral equation that we are actually living out in our time, I don't know how better it could be stated. You can find the full video as well as Bettina DeFiori's article about it at liveaction.org, Satire Meets Reality. And we'll have it, of course, posted at cradlemyheart.org. I hope I've given you food for thought, and I hope I've given you some talking points when you encounter this mindset so that you can encourage young men, to a godly path, to a courageous path, to a loving path, to a path that allows them to look at their own hearts, do the right thing, and become the real leaders that God has intended them to be. Thanks for listening. Learn more, as always, at our website at cradlemyheart.org. This is Cradle My Heart Radio with Kim Katola, preventing abortion and helping those it hurts. Please get in touch with Kim. Find out more at cradlemyheart.org. You can listen to the podcast on all platforms.